A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is a great disturbance in the force. That's right, listener. Welcome to episode 265 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends, as well as canon, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes, as well as Stitcher, and even on Spotify, as well as right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SW Beyond Films. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get the show started. I'm one of your hosts, the defender of the EU, the champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herleman. And today, Beyonders and Sentience of All Ages, we have a special treat for you. A Beyond the Films Rogue Transmission. A new interview segment where we invite guests from around the fandom to join us in a fun conversation about life, liberty, and the pursuit of all things Star Wars and beyond. So with that, let's get this show in the air and into the space lanes. Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time, or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars and so do we. This episode, we interview prolific Star Wars illustrators Joe Caroni and Brian Miller. So with that said, Beyonders and Sentients of all ages, here we go on another adventure Beyond the Films. Welcome to a Rogue Transmission, where I'll be interviewing various fans from around the world. Today we have artists and illustrators Joe Caroni and Brian Miller joining the show. Greetings, gentlemen, and welcome to Beyond the Films. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's very good to be here. Excellent. And for those listening, uh, real quick, go ahead and say your guys' names so we can attach names to voices. I mean, I get a little coffee, but uh, the listeners, not so much. Yeah, this is, uh, this is Joe Caroni. Uh, Star Wars artist and and Brian Miller also a Star Wars artist. Excellent. Now tell us, you know, a little bit about your guys' fandom. Uh, what are you guys into? What makes you guys itch to grab a pen and draw? Um, well, I mean, I've been a Star Wars fan uh, like Brian pretty much my whole life. Uh, I saw Star Wars uh, in '77 when I was like four years old, so it kind of determined the course of the rest of my life uh having being that young with that big of an imagination and star wars just sort of expanding that blowing my mind as as a kid and inspiring inspiring me to 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 want to draw and the star wars toys having those as a kid inspired me to want to create and um yeah so i mean my 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 um my passion for for art and for wanting to specifically be a Star Wars artist goes all the way back to the very foundation of of the Star Wars fandom when when we were kids. You watch that Star Destroyer come in in the first scene. You're like, "Where's my pen?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, exactly. 
Nice. And Brian? Yeah, I mean, like Joe, been a fan from the beginning. And I think for me, uh, some of the formative times was playing with the original like Star Wars toys and action figures and how that sort of like unlocks your imagination. You know, play makes you want to imagine those other worlds in the galaxy far, far away. And that probably led me to sketching and drawing and coloring books and kind of all the things you, you know, you play with and interact with as a kid. So as I got older and became an artist and illustrator, I think it was just natural to, you know, want to explore uh, variations on Star Wars. And then, of course, you know, now there's so much new Star Wars content that it's just such an exciting time to be a fan and so many new, you know, it, things coming out that can inspire us to to create new images and new illustrations. Right. Speaking of, you know, Star Wars expanding, we've got so many eras. What's an era that you guys enjoy to play in when it comes to getting creative with your art? Like, is there a specific era that you really enjoy, like the ships and stuff like that? Uh, I think for me, I, because I've, I've been doing Star Wars art uh, officially for uh, over 20, almost 25 years now. Um, so I've worked a lot with the classic trilogy and the prequel trilogy even. Um, so, and, and more recently, like the last five or six years with the, with the sequel trilogy, starting with the force awakens. So that, but that still feels pretty fresh overall. Um, but I'm, I'm even more down with not just the sequel trilogy, but even the getting to work on artwork for any of the new stuff, uh, you know, like the, the TV series or the animated series, because I'm a big fan of, you know, the Clone Wars, but also the Bad Batch. And uh, so getting getting to work on any artwork that I, because it feels it feels real fresh to me. And, and not that I don't love drawing the classics, because I do. That's my, that's my favorite for sure. And I love those characters. But, you know, having drawn Han and Luke and Leia so many times and, and I, I love going back to those characters, but it's also exciting to to get to contribute in small ways to, to the newer content like Book of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian because um, and anything, you know, with those shows, I'm, I'm pretty excited to do. Yeah, I think Joe is, is hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the original trilogy is always going to hold a big, huge place in my heart, and it's probably where I have the most, you know, illustrations that have been released. But at the same time. I think, you know, Disney Plus has uh, put Star Wars front and center uh, in these new shows and uh, new animation like The Bad Batch and things like Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian, where there's just this new excitement and there's new content to actually be excited about. And so as an artist, you uh, you don't always want to go after the newest, hottest thing, but I don't feel like these are fads. I feel like they're really coming out with like, solid characters and solid storylines that we can be invested in and that give me the same excitement that the original trilogy did. So yeah, any of the new, the new stuff is exciting. I think it's also bringing a new fan into our fandom, you know, some, maybe some younger fans or some fans who weren't necessarily star Wars fans until some of these new series came out. And so they are going to be looking for art and illustration and collectibles that uh you know connect to their part of the fandom so i think there's a lot of new opportunities there yeah you're you're on to something there one of the things i always say on beyond the films is whatever you first 
absorb of Star Wars definitely becomes your Star Wars. I mean, for me, I was uh, right at the time the new Jedi Order came out. So that was like my still to this day, my favorite Star Wars story ever told. But my son came in with the Clone Wars. So it was for him. It was all about the armors and the different clones. My youngest daughter, it was the, the era of Rebels. So she was like really into Sabine. Uh, learning about the Mandalorians and stuff. And, you know, it's just like one of those things, like whatever you're just coming into definitely seems to be the thing that becomes Star Wars for you. Like a lot of the new people that are just coming into stuff are probably getting into the High Republic. And, you know, if they've never seen anything else before, this is their Star Wars. They've got nothing really to compare it to. And it becomes their top shelf, you know, oh, I love this. Like one of those things. One other thing that I think is interesting when it comes to the aspect of artists you guys are always like Sith Lords. You guys always come in twos. Like when I first went to Celebration <laughs> Anaheim, I, I ran into Joe Hogan and Chris D. Uh, and, and you two oh, yeah. being together. Like how did you guys come to meet? Is that like just something that happens with the artists where you guys gravitate together and find yourselves at certain conventions? Because there's always seems to be two of you guys hanging out together. I think we I, met I think, at uh, Mid-OhioCon. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, it would have been Mid-OhioCon. We're talking, this is a smaller Midwest convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, going way back in 1995 or 96, I think we met through our mutual friend, Justin Chung, who uh, was uh, doing a, a, a lot of uh, internet work for artists back in the day and promotion for artists. And, and he invited Brian out to this convention. And that's how Brian and I met through our mutual friend. Um, but we didn't really work together um probably almost until 10 years later really i mean yeah. 2006 so we we knew of each other through our friend Justin and Brian was on his path coloring uh comic books uh through his uh company Hi-Fi Color um so he, i believe you were doing a lot of stuff for DC at the time or maybe even some other publishers yeah and DC doing, Marvel whoever you know <laughs> yeah and I was doing I was doing Star Wars art for at the time Star Wars Insider magazine, um, and along with some other lots of other Star Wars projects here and there for Lucasfilm. But I, I was getting really uh, overwhelmed with a lot and doing comic books as well. I was drawing some comic books, so I was getting like a lot of work. And I thought uh, I reached out to my friend Justin. I was like, "Hey, do you think Brian would be interested in in working?" uh with me on some projects because i i didn't have time to color all of my own work and mm. i knew brian's work was i knew of brian through hi-fi color and the and the, the pet his pedigree and the, and the the kind of work he was doing i was like god that would be awesome to work with him so justin put us together and we ended up uh, and thanks to the internet i mean granted this is 2006 so we were able to communicate and and pass our artwork online back and forth and Brian and I worked together on our first Star Wars project uh, for Star Wars Insider Magazine. And then pretty much for the next probably 10 years or so, we just uh, worked together on a lot of Star Wars projects. And um, that's kind of how we became even better friends and and uh, co-illustrators on a lot of different things and lots of different projects. So, um, And Joe's yeah. really modest. I mean, I learned so much from working with him about you know composition and design and just how to get inside the visual storytelling process in a way that was like next level from anything that i'd been doing before so 
Well, I'm just saying, I think we both benefited from our relationship. That's why we, I mean, besides that we had similar interests with Star Wars and we're both sweaty comic book nerds, obviously. We know a lot about that stuff. So we we come from very similar geek backgrounds with, with this stuff and movies too. But I think we just learn, we kind of feed off each other when we like, we see what the other one's doing and it's very inspiring so I learned a lot about color design um, and just coloring techniques from from Brian and and his, you know, because that's his day job is to color all of these amazing comic book uh, illustrators for all these different comic book publishers. And and it's when you're doing that day in and day out and working with some of the best top talent in the industry. I mean, yeah, Brian's going to absorb all of that, too. So. And I got, you know, I, I was able to absorb, you know, through osmosis, some of what Brian, <laughs> you know, knew and, and what he does. So yeah. we made each other better. So you guys are like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right you on. complete me. <laughs> well, I got a lot of questions that kind of revolve around art, but we're going to get more into the fandom side of stuff here in a second. Uh, so sure. when did you guys really get into art per se? And what made you decide to become artists full time? Uh, I would say what made, I mean, again, it goes back to Star Wars because I was four years old, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just Star Wars, the film. I mean, I mean, back then, this is, you know, obviously you got to put yourself in the mindset of being a kid in the late seventies and there wasn't, it isn't like now where there's just so much content all the time to inspire you. Boredom. Hours and yeah, days of boredom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Star. That's why Star Wars stood out so much because there was there was nothing like it. There was just nothing like that for Star Wars film. I mean, we, there were science fiction films, there were cartoons, and there were comic books. But it, it hit right at the time. The funny thing is, like Star Wars came out as I was getting into comic books, so it wasn't just the movie. It was also the Star Wars comic books that Marvel was putting out, the Marvel comics uh, 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 adaptations of, of the, the 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 miniseries that was based on the Star Wars movie. So I had those comics from Marvel at the same time I was going to see the movie that summer. Um, so which I you know I saw a handful of times that summer. So I was reliving the movie through the comic books, and then that was really what kind of inspired me to start drawing because I was looking at the comic books going, you know, Hey, I, I love this movie. I know what Darth Vader looks like. So I was drawing as a kid from the comic book series. And then a little shortly after that, the toys came out, like, you know, Brian mentioned, we had like a year later, a little less than a year later, we had star Wars toys on the shelf. So then I was drawing the toys and posing the action figures and stuff. So I think it, it, it all, it all goes back to star Wars in a sense, but, Star Wars comics opened the door to other comic books for me. So I was, I started reading and collecting Batman when I was like five years old and, and then Captain America and Spider-Man and Avengers and, and X-Men and all this stuff. So I, it, it ended up becoming uh, Star Wars opened this door to comics and toys and, and, you know, even the comics opened the door to even more cartoons. So I think all of that stuff fed, my my passion and my appetite for wanting to create and and i mean i knew at an early age i probably in high school even that i i wanted to be a comic book artist like i knew like mm -hmm. okay someday 
I'm going to draw comic books. And then shortly after that, someday I'm going to draw Star Wars, you know, for for a living. So um, it just it was just a path I stayed on. Yeah, I, I mean, Joe, Joe's path is very similar to mine. I think the one difference is I went through my my like alternative rebellion phase in high school where I was like, you know, toys and comics are for kids and you know, I'm into punk music and skating and <laughs> all this stuff, you know. And so I had this like really rebellious phase. And then pretty much like as soon as I got into college, there's like all these art kids were like into comics and stuff. And somehow I just dropped my defenses and I'm like, yeah, this is who I am. It's who I've always been. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the cool rebe- rebellious rocker. And it, everything just clicked. And like I started meeting other creators and artists. And that's when I started going to. Well, I had this friend, he drug me to a Star Trek convention and I was like, I was Star Wars, not Star Trek. You know, back then there was like a dividing line Mm -hmm. and I was like, man, this is going to be so lame. And then it was, it was actually pretty cool. And then, so he invited me to a Comic-Con. So it's like my first small Comic-Con and it was amazing. And I met all these artists and, you know, kind of got inspired to go back and, you know, kind of rekindle all those like feelings from when you're a kid with your comics and toys and it just it just never stopped after that it just like it was there was no stopping me it was what i was born to do (laughs) full steam ahead uh which art styles have you guys dabbled in and which of those would you say is probably your favorite to do and work with um i i I would say like i mean I, i think brian and i have both worked in a variety of styles which is interesting because especially in the comic book industry I think as an artist, you're you're kind of you're kind of expected to have a signature style, um, and that's what you're known for, and that's what you capitalize on to sort of make your career. But I think for Brian and I, we're we're more in the, uh, in the sense of traditional illustrators, so we mm-hmm. can be a little more flexible with our styles and and how we approach different projects. Um, we we've both worked in a, a handful of styles. I know for me personally, I have more of my my comic book style that's more of a hand drawn graphic edge, dynamic lighting kind of style, which is inspired by all you know all the different comic book artists that I that I followed growing up. Um, and but then I I have more I start as I push my comic style uh, more realistically in the industry as I kept drawing more and more and more over the years. Eventually, I just kept pushing for more realism and more cinematic uh, realism quality to my art. So, which which really is also in a, in a large way due to Star Wars, because most of the Star Wars art that Brian and I do, uh, it, it often deals with likenesses and actors and actresses, and and sometimes. Um, it's not always a necessity, but some of the projects I do over the years, a lot of them have required me to get the likenesses for the characters. So I, I have all, my art's always gravitated towards that kind of cinematic realism. Um, and then from that style, I mean, we, Brian and I have worked in propaganda style, like almost like retro, uh, like World War II style artwork. Um mm-hmm. There's, I know Brian's done some. He's got some really cool pop art sensibilities as well. With with his, uh, we both worked in kind of like uh, art deco styles and and. Uh, but yeah, I know Brian's worked in some variety of styles too. Yeah, I think for me, I'm just really inspired by everything vintage and retro. 
So I'm, I sort of like chase that iconography. So a lot of my artwork, I'm trying to like reduce the color palette down to like an essence and simplify the ships uh, or characters down into like something that's like, you know, iconic and recognizable from like across the room, that sort of that sort of sensibility. So yeah. it, I think in that way, Joe and I are really complementary because we're not stepping on each other's toes with like our styles. We're not in competition uh, with one another. We're just more like, you know, uh, complimenting. Uh, but at the same time, I'm the first to admit when Joe says that his thing about the likenesses, he's so right. First of all, he's the best. Joe is like one of the best at likenesses for sure. And I've, I've certainly lost out on projects and things because it's just not really kind of what I do. I do more of like I have my own stylized take on things. And and he's right. I think the more the merchandise grows and the more uh, the new shows come out and things, there's a lot of this focus on the realism. And Joe is so amazing at it that I think that, you know, all these new doors are going to be open to him uh, specifically because I just there's almost nobody better. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's it's uh there is like uh, as as many of those doors open, it's also like it opens up more competition as well. So there's so many <laughs> talented artists that do that the the likenesses and the photorealism and 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 but to, to to Brian's benefit, I mean having that like his his retro vintage take on Star Wars especially like he he does a style on lots of other properties as well and like travel posters and mm-hmm. and it's such a cool style the simplicity of it but in that simplicity it can be really powerful and he applies that to star wars and and uh yeah when you see it for some of his his latest stuff it it really translates really well yeah the websites that you shared when i was looking at some of brian's stuff like a lot of them really look like they could be little coins and stuff that you could get um there's a guy that uh mike kurtz uh gave me some coins that he had made of indoor forest parks and stuff like that and i was like man that style would just transfer into something like that so perfectly (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i like it's almost like post like vintage postcard art you know or Mm -hmm. um national parks posters yeah 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 well, speaking of Star Wars fandom, I, what character or characters do you guys uh, get excited to draw and why? And have you guys also ever met any of the actors that you guys have illustrated? Oh, yeah, we've we've met. Uh, I mean, I know <laughs> Brian actually got to meet uh, impromptu meet just out of the blue mark hamill at celebration a few years back that was pretty crazy. Nice. Uh, yeah i was i was uh i was up in the, like the uh the kids room i was volunteering to do like a how to do how to draw droids and i get like this like text message and i'm trying to ignore it and then i immediately get a phone call and it's this um awesome fan and collector mike DeRose, and he's like i'm in line for Mark Hamill's autograph, I'm going to get him to sign this uh, 40 Years of the Force art print that was a, it was a Star Wars Celebration exclusive that year. He's like, and like every third or fourth person here is doing the same thing. And Mark Hamill keeps asking, like, who's this artist? Who, 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 who did this? And he's like, so I told him, he's like, if you can bring it down right now, they'll give it to him. So I run down to the booth. I grab the artwork. I go over to the autograph area. A security guy stand there and. And I was like, you know, it's Mark Hamill's line. I'm just going to hand him the artwork. He's just supposed to give it to Mark Hamill. The guy like grabs me by the wrist and like pulls me behind a curtain. 
walk down <laughs> these curtains. And next thing I know, we come out from behind the curtain and we're right there and there's Mark Hamill. And I'm so shocked. I almost didn't really know what to say. I was just like stammering idiot, you know, but uh, I got to say a few nice things to him and give him the artwork and tell him how, how fun it was to, you know, relive that moment uh, at Star Trench with him. And he shook my hand and said some nice things, but it was just, it was such a, like a blur that I almost, you know, I wasn't prepared for it. It was just out of nowhere, but it was, it was so, so freaking cool. Was that Celebration Anaheim in 2015? No, that would have been in Orlando, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, it would have been yeah. the last Orlando one. Okay. Yeah. So nice. See, I, I met him. I met him at the 2015 one, and it was, you know, similar like that. I was supposed to go to one of the the panels that was revealing all this stuff, and my wife's like, "No, I, I got something happening at this time." And I was so like, "No, you don't understand. Like, I have to be at this panel. There's all this <laughs> stuff happening. Like, I, you know, the podcast and like." no, 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 I spent a lot of money. You have to be in this line. And I'm like sitting in a line. She's not telling me what's going on. And like, we're like the first ones. And the lady comes out and she's like, this is a line for meeting Mark Hamill. And I turned to her and I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but How yeah, cool, right? Guy. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got to hold my uh, my littlest and he thought he'd met my oldest daughter like three or four times. And she's like, no, this is the first time. But man, he's such a great, great individual. Oh, so nice. Yeah, Mark's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I've briefly met him briefly a couple of times over the years at just different Comic-Con events, you know, usually just in passing, getting to say hi real quick. But he's always I know that Joe cool. has a really good uh, Carrie Fisher story. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten I guess to answer your question. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten to meet some of the uh, some of the some of the actors who actually play the my some of my favorite characters to illustrate in star Wars, you know, like Boba Fett and Darth Vader, uh, definitely top two I've gotten they're, they're, they're Those are my favorite, probably star Wars characters to illustrate along with princess Leia. I mean, she's definitely in that upper echelon of like probably the top, top favorite nice. star Wars characters to work with. Um, so I, I did a, uh, a, a print for celebration, uh, Germany. So this would have been like 20, I guess 2013 and uh brian and i illustrated a a, a a poster of boba fett and slave leia for that event and um so i was able to present carrie fisher with my exclusive print artwork of, of oh. the, art, the artwork's called the slave princess and it shows boba fett taking uh leia in, to java's sail barge you know before the big uh battle at the pit of of Carcoon and Return of the Jedi. So, um, but a fan who was working with, who was a friend of mine who was working volunteer for, for Carrie's booth was like, Hey, you know, she'd love to have this print. If you want to come over and meet her, uh, and give her a copy of the print, you know, that'd be awesome. But, you know, she'll be leaving soon. So you got to come do it soon. And so he, he stopped by my table to tell me this. So I, I ran over there <laughs> and I was able to catch her as she was leaving. Um, and I, you know, the volunteer pulled me in front of security and said, you know, Hey, he wants to give Carrie this print. So he introduced me real quick. Meanwhile, there, there's just a crowd of people, like a huge sea of people around Carrie's booth as she's leaving. So I give her the poster and I signed, I had already signed it to her, you know, to Carrie from Joe. And she looked at it and she's like, wow. She's like, I love this artwork. You know, this, this is for me. And I'm like, yeah, you can have this. And she's like, I remember when I used to look like that. <laughs> and uh, it was it was such a sweet little moment and it's happening in front of like thousands of people. And and then she she reached in to kiss me. Uh, she leans in. 
she actually kind of pulled my face. She grabbed my face and pulled me in to kiss me. Um, and I did not expect that. And <laughs> thousands of cameras are going off left and right. And I, I was, <laughs> I was just like, moment. yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was just frozen. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, oh my God, Princess Leia just kissed me at Star Wars <laughs> Celebration in front of all these people. And then she did it like it was nothing, you know, it's just like, just grabbed my face, kissed me, waved to the fans. And then she, she had Gary, her, her little dog, Gary Fisher in her arm. And she walked off with Gary in my poster. And I was just like, oh my God, what just happened? You know, it was such <laughs> a, it blew me away. I mean, if you had told, you know, Joe back in 1980 that someday Princess Leia would kiss him, I wouldn't believe it. Now, do you have any uh, pictures of that? Did any of the people taking pictures ever reach yeah. out to you? Oh, I, well, I mean, I have I have a selfie that. Well, I didn't. Well, not a selfie, but someone t- did take a picture of me and her at that moment. Not the kiss, nice. but it was either right before the kiss or right after the kiss. Someone took her picture, so I, I have <laughs> that picture. But there was just yeah, there was just uh, you know thousands of or hundreds at least i'm sure of, mm. of not thousands there were at least there it felt like a sea of people was in front of her booth at, at the time uh and i just remember cameras going off left and right so i don't know someone's got pictures of it i'm sure i have no right? idea but... listeners if you have a shot send it to joe <laughs> that's right <laughs> i would love to see that actually that would be awesome and brian what about you i mean uh, character wise is there any characters that uh, you get excited to draw I mean, it's. I I always go back to to Vader and Boba Fett. Um, I think there's something about the combination of, like, on Boba Fett you have the armor, but then you also have the soft fabric flowing parts of his suit, and Vader sort of has the same thing with the armor and the cape. And there's something about like the the combination of the like hard armor surface and then the flowing fabric that makes those characters more dynamic than if they were just armor or just in clothing as far as like from an artist's point of view so you can always do something really dynamic with that and it's just there's such iconic characters and it's so much fun to try to come up with interesting poses for them or put them in different situations that you might recognize like i did a, a some boba fett art that was used for a hot wheels car and the idea was to show a scene that we have that we didn't see in the movies, but we knew happened. So it's like it's Boba Fett delivering Han and Carbonite uh, to 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 Jabba's palace, and so nice. it's something that we know happened, but we don't actually see that. So to be able to illustrate that moment was really special and fun. Oh, that's cool. Now, how different is it when drawing, say, like a trading card, like tops, versus a poster or other promotional stuff? Well, I think uh, it really depends on the project. I mean, there's not there's nothing too different in the sense that it's always, you know, Star Wars and often we get to pitch our ideas for these trading cards or, or these posters. However, sometimes there are specific criteria like we might, you know, for the assignment, the publisher or the licensor or, or Lucasfilm themselves might be like, we want to see exactly this. So, you know, that's what we end up doing um however you know i would also say a lot of the time it's just you know hey we need a we need a a poster or a trading card of these characters and we're just sort of given free reign to come up with the design or the composition or whatever the storytelling might be for that for that moment if it's like a scene or something so it's 
Well, Joe, I, I think I, that's a really it, good. That's a really good point that you bring up that a lot of people might not know, which is that some of the the more popular Star Wars artists, you know, I think a lot of people just assume that like you know Lucasfilm or Disney, whoever is like draw Darth Vader today, right? But that's not really what happens. Is that the reason that they're working with me or with Joe or with someone else is that we're generating creative ideas and creative compositions and content that is based on and inspired by the whole Star Wars universe. But we're always trying to come up with something new, something exciting that's maybe just a little bit different from what you've seen before. And I think that's part of the appeal to us as artists, but it's also part of the appeal to fans because they're, you know, if they're collecting my work or Joe's work or some other artist's work, you know, one of the reasons they're collecting is it connects with them. It connects them to Star Wars in a way that just a photograph wouldn't, you know. So it's mm -hmm. it's we bring this like visual storytelling mm -hmm. dynamic to the table that can help people escape into their fandom. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're surprisingly given a lot of freedom most of the time in regards to what we create or illustrate for these projects. So, I mean, there might be a general ballpark of like, sometimes we're given art direction, like, hey, we need a book of Boba Fett poster. Okay, you know, it can be, it could just be whatever, but they just want something related to that show. So I might, work up a bunch of concepts for my publisher or for Lucasfilm and be like, here are my ideas and they'll pick the best one. I might give them three or four and then I'll pursue one of those ideas. But I'm often still just, you know, getting to uh, incorporate as many fresh, unique ideas on my own in order. And then, and then they kind of just steer you in the right direction. Like, okay, this, this character's cool, but maybe take this character out. Maybe put this character in, in there instead. Or don't show that angle. How about we try a different pose or angle on that character? But if we're talking like logistics or specifics of like a trading card versus like a poster, like a like a like a lithograph or or a, an exclusive poster or something, I mean, then I I, I mean I am considering like okay, well this art was going to be on a trading card, so. I'm probably not going to go like maybe, I mean, it, honestly now with, with, with how detailed and high resolution most artwork is like you can, you can get away <laughs> with some stuff on a, on a trading card that normally you probably couldn't do in the past. But, but nowadays, I mean, I, I would sometimes approach trading card artwork be like, okay, well, you know, I'll make the portraits a little more dominant. So that way, once this gets reduced down, I, you know, people can still, make sense the composition so i mean i am kind of considering composition differently when i'm working say on a trading card versus a giant poster with a giant poster i'm like mm -hmm. i'm gonna throw everything in here from like you know <laughs> this random blaster to like you know maybe a i don't know i'll put in a tiny porg in there somewhere you know something like that <laughs> but but uh but so it's, it is a little i do i do approach them differently but ultimately there's not a huge difference i mean maybe compositionally i might be thinking about things a little differently but yeah i mean it's about scale right i mean you know you've yeah. got uh you've got the the small size trading card and you're like how can i make this something that's really appealing on this scale and then like joe was saying if you've got something that's you know three feet tall or even bigger you're, and you're like, oh, well, I have a lot more freedom to develop this composition and put in more Easter eggs. And, you know, it still needs to be recognizable from across the room. But what happens when they walk up on it? I want them to be able to see 
other little things that they didn't even know was there. Nice. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And that was one of the things when I was looking at your guys's galleries, you know, some of them looked like they were probably something that might've been a, a card or, or something like that that you could see, you know, Oh, it's, it's Din Jaren and, and he's got the child. And like, it just looked like something you would put in your trading card set. And then there were some that were just like massive posters. It made me start thinking like, you guys are probably thinking about those kind of things when you're like approaching it. So, <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think the benefit of doing like when I'm doing posters for Lucasfilm is that I can like, I, yeah, I can get even more detailed. So I'll spend even, prop. I but I mean, but like I said, nowadays with even trading card illustration for some of the companies we work for, it's it's like you can put in that same level of energy and detail and, into that stuff too, and it's surprising mm -hmm. how much stuff can also translate on a smaller scale, but. If I'm if I'm designing specifically for a trading card, I might just, you know, simplify the composition a little bit more. I might make the portraits a little larger. But, you know, I've seen some of my posters that tops uh, that I've done for Lucasfilm tops has created um, trading cards. And it's surprising, like how well they translate like these giant posters I've done for 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 the Star Wars films. They'll, they'll print them on trading cards. It's like, wow, that's so cool to see something so big and translate even that small it's 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 definitely neat to see now we just <laughs> need the post office to knock on your door joe your stamps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah oh postage stamp I, I know one one of the one of the celebration artists um uh, malcolm tween has gotten to do the uh uh star wars postage stamps for for the uk so yeah that was cool yeah he's yeah, he did a lot of really cool Star Wars portraits, and I think he's done them a few years now. So, when it comes to promotional art, is that one that they give you a little more leeway, or is that something they've got like a specific idea in mind, and you kind of just make that happen with your touch? Um, for promotional art, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's usually much more specific. Like, in it, in it, if it's for general promotion or a very specific like like brian was saying like like the like the hot wheels cards you know they'll want very specific characters or very specific scenes maybe um if it's for like a like a product or an item um that's trying to sell something uh but usually for the promotion art i mean yeah there's certain it depends on what it's ultimately going to be used for so if it's like I just did a book of Boba Fett poster and it was meant to promote the series, but I was also given a lot of free reign in order to design that composition and what characters I wanted to include. Oh, I mean, they, they did end up steering me in a certain direction with some of those characters, but it just, it really just depends on the assignment. They're like, we'll just let him throw some darts at the dartboard and then move him left or right a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brian had a good analogy with the whole, like, what was it? The bowling analogy with the bumper? Yeah. Um, so again, not not my words, but uh, uh, the way it was told to me was that like like Lucasfilm is, is just trying to 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 guide us. And so if you've ever been to a bowling alley and you see when they put the the little foam things in the gutters when kids are bowling, so that they their their ball bounces out of the gutters and back towards the yeah. pins, they're like that's that's what Lucasfilm's job is. They're just trying to keep us, you know on target, right? They're trying to keep us from throwing a gutter ball with our art. So they're not telling us what to do. They're just trying to steer us a little bit in the right direction so that, you know, we can have a win every time. Nice. Well, speaking of winning, have you guys ever come across any fans that have your art as a tattoo? 
<laughs> yes, that's happened a handful of times for me um, over the years. I mean, going even way back, like, got to the one of the very first things Brian and I ever worked on together for Star Wars. Uh, we did some artwork for Star Wars Insider Magazine. Um, oh, God, this is like, yeah, I think it was the very first thing we even did. It might have been the General Grievous art we did together. Oh, uh, yeah. Back when epi- or this would have been 2005 back there. Yeah, so this was... This was the very first thing. So, yeah, we started working together in 2005. This would have been pre just before Episode 3 came out, and we did some General Grievous art. And it was the first It was the first time General Grievous had been revealed uh, oh, to nice. the public. And it was, we're talking like this is like January or February. So it was, I think it was even before the trailer had come out. And... Uh, so I know I don't think I've seen the character until I saw your drawing. No, no, I remember Lucasfilm giving me the assignment saying, Hey, we want you to be the first person to illustrate General Grievous outside of ILM so that fans can be introduced to this character in the pages of Star Wars Insider magazine. So we did this illustration of the character. So, all of my reference, I had all this Grievous reference that came from ILM, and I was trying to figure out. <laughs> you know the pose of the character and what he should look like and stuff and then i did we well we did this artwork and brian colored it and then gosh a couple years later in like two years later in we went to or i went to celebration europe in london mm-hmm. uh would have been 2007 and a fan had come up and she had got her name was Susie. i remember that or sue and she had gotten the general grievous artwork tattooed on her arm so, nice. um, and she showed me that. And then I've seen the Boba Fett artwork we did for Insider. Uh, Brian and I had done, uh, I think like a year or two later, some, you know, a friend of mine got that tattooed on his leg. And so, yeah, I've seen over the years, I've seen a handful of fans come up and, and which it's, it just blows my mind. I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. It's so cool. And on my, my specific stuff, not that I'm aware of, but I don't know. It's, it could be possible. If, well, if, if you're if, out there, take a picture. That's right. Brian's photos. work is so like it's so graphic and iconic. Like it, I'm sure someone has like gotten like a, a piece of his Star Wars art somewhere. So that's right. Picks or it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> uh, so is there an illustration out there in you guys' work that you're especially out of? Um it's usually whatever I do that is the latest one because I, I, that tends to be the one that I'm most excited about and I tend to be the most proud of. Um, but I mean, that's just because usually I'm taking everything I've done previously and learned, I've applied it to whatever the latest thing it is I'm doing. So I'm always trying to push my work if possible. I never try to like just glide or I never try to coast on anything. Um, however, I believe they got a word for that. It's called getting better and better. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess. I mean, not. I mean, honest. I mean, yeah, there are some times where I'm doing a series of illustrations and I'm just trying to pound them out, obviously. But when I'm doing that, I'm still trying to apply everything I knew before. So that and when I do that, that ends up being the thing I'm most excited about, like probably my book of Boba Fett poster I just did uh, mm-hmm. recently. But prior to that, I mean, there are certain illustrations 
that I think are really popular with fans that, that I've done over the years that, that stand out because they're just really iconic or they, they hit a certain, a certain way with the fandom that they just kind of, you know, they become, you know, iconic or, or memorable. And everybody's I, gravitated to a good Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I go to, I do a lot of conventions. So luckily I get to talk with a lot of fans throughout the years and, and at all these different events. And, and I get, obviously I get in, interact with them and I get feedback on my art and it's usually, there's a couple that come to mind. There's the great remorse of Darth Vader, which is, Oh, that's uh, a great one. That one's probably, you know, if, if there is, if is there that was a the piece one where he's like in the chamber pod and it's open. Yeah. Oh, yeah he's, he's, I, he's in his meditation chamber and he's, his helmet's removed, but you can't see his face. And he looks very, uh, melancholy and sullen and uh be above him you see a, a a dreamlike portrait of padme so you know he's in his meditation chamber with you know thinking about his 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 dead wife so that one brian and i worked on at the time and i i designed that one to be uh, this would have been 2005 or 2006 when we did that artwork and i designed it to be a link between the classic trilogy and the prequels because episode three had just come out and I wanted to do an illustration of Darth Vader, which that was, again, that was the assignment for star Wars. It was my editor at star Wars Insider. was like, we just need something with Darth Vader. Just do whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then I came up with this idea and I just, just seen episode three a, a few times already at that point. I was like, you know, what would be cool is to kind of, do a piece of artwork that links the classic trilogy with the prequel trilogy, just kind of tie those trilogies together now that episode three had come and that prequel trilogy is done. Mm -hmm. So we all knew that Darth Vader was a villain, but at that point in star Wars history as fans, we didn't know why he had become a villain. And it was, we find out in revenge of the Sith, it was because his wife Padme had, had gotten killed and that, he couldn't control that or stop that. And that pushed him to the dark side. So that's what that illustration's about. And it has the imagery of empire strikes back of Darth Vader in the meditation chamber. And then it has the imagery of Padme from the prequels. So I guess if, yeah, if I ever am remembered for one star Wars illustration, it'll, it'll probably be that one I would say, but um, it, it's so brilliant and it resonates with so many people. Right. Well, thank you on the, on the resonate. I mean, I hope it's brilliant. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. But yeah, it, it has. I mean, yeah. Resonated. You just tossed the name out and I'm like, Oh, is that that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of fans know that one. And then also there's another one that Brian and I did that was like a propaganda style piece. And that one's called conquer and it's got stormtroopers marching. It's very powerful world war two style propaganda poster image. And did you guys do two versions of that one with the, the, clone troopers and one with stormtroopers actually yeah there's three versions so we did um brian and i did unite which was technically the first one it was clone troopers mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. marching clones and again it's a very powerful propaganda style world war ii kind of style poster image and that one was super actually that one's just as popular as conquer honestly did, so did disney make t-shirts of that one yeah, so they've used that artwork on T-shirts and, oh gosh, uh, magazine covers. Some uh, I, I think it's been on some other products, too. Um, so that Unite was, was really popular. Yeah, that one was huge. And then so we followed that up with Conquer, and that one was just as big 
as well. So th- that propaganda style is just very popular, and it, it has been for Brian too. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it, like Joe said, it's just so hard to pick to pick favorites, but there's definitely some that excite me. And and I look back and I would say like my very first Star Wars celebration uh, illustration exclusive that I had done on my own, um, which is called Remember the Death Star. And it basically takes place between uh, Star Wars and Empire. And it's like a propaganda poster for the Empire. And it's this large image of Darth Vader. And he's wielding the lightsaber. And from the lightsaber is spawning all these like little TIE fighters and TIE bombers. And it's almost like, to me, I wanted to have this like World War II feel like, like when, when Pearl Harbor was attacked, what was the response to that? So what would the Imperial response be when the Death Star is destroyed, right? And they're going to try to rally their troops and they're going to be like, remember the Death Star and remember how glorious we are. And we're going to go and we're going to attack those rebels, right? And so I'm trying to just get all that sort of like World War II-esque propaganda imagery, but make it in the Star Wars universe and in a way that feels like authentic and genuine and that would be like emotive. And I don't, you know, like Joe was saying, I may never top that. It may be the thing I'm remembered for because it just connected with people in a way that I don't know that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And everybody had to have it, including J.J. Abrams. So that was <laughs> nice. a really, a really big. Yeah, that's honor a seal of approval. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't get it doesn't get much better than that. So I think that's probably like the one of the illustrations that I find memorable. And then on top of that would be the pieces that I got to do for Hot Wheels because, you know, the five-year-old in me who who played with Hot Wheels cars, you know, <laughs> after school every day and snapped together that orange racetrack and all that, you know, I mean, there's just like no no bigger honor really than having like Hot Wheels cars made with your artwork on the cars and on the packaging. So it's, that's something I'll just be excited about forever. Nice, nice. Well, let's talk celebration and fan events. Um, I met Joe at Celebration Anaheim 2015, but of course I was too nervous to ask for a picture. So I got pictures of Joe from the booth. Uh, what does the convention look like for you guys? And, you know, have you had any experiences like at, say, any of the Disney parks? Yeah, well, first of all, never be too uh, shy to ever ask for a picture with either of us because we're Brian and I are always all about the fans and we, we may be like crazy busy, especially at celebration because it's so hectic for us. Um, but we're always willing to take pictures and we talk to fans, you know, as much as we can at these things. Um, so yeah, if you see us at celebration in Anaheim coming up, don't, uh, for, and for anybody, for everyone, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for a picture. Uh, sometimes you just have to wait till we're done, like flapping our gums with with someone, and then we'll we'll jump out and take a picture with you, sign anything that we've that we've done as far as like artwork goes and anything like that. So, um, so what was the what's the rest of the question? And have, have you guys uh, done any uh, experiences at Disney parks or anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, Brian and I have both done uh, signings over the years for our Star Wars art for um, specifically for the Disney parks. Um, I know Brian's done some of the Epcot, uh, Epcot Festival of the Arts events. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've, I've done several of those. And I've done I've done some Disney Wonderground signings. Uh, Disney Wonderground is is Disney's um, fine art division. Uh, and they when you go to the parks, they 
those Disney Wonderground's the the their art gallery basically Disney's art gallery where they oh. they have like Disney fine art everything from Star Wars to Marvel to to Mickey Mouse and all their Disney characters. So they're basically these these art galleries in the parks. Uh, usually, in, in, I think you can find them at Disney Springs and uh, Downtown Disney um, uh, when you go to Disneyland or, or Disney World. So mm-hmm. basically, just yeah, just I've signed. Uh, exclusive Star Wars art for the Disney parks that I've done. Uh, uh, and again, Joe's being modest because I saw photos and there were fans like out the door of the gallery and down the sidewalk waiting to get in and buy his <laughs> get a thought draft. I, so, I, I don't know if every day was <laughs> it's like a big that. Deal. There, there was there was a few signings that were pretty crazy, and then there were some that were more chill. But, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, hey, Brian's gotten he's you've gotten to go to the Epcot. I haven't done that yet, so. Uh, that well, I've had the really pleasure. I got to go to like the first three or four and it was really amazing. And, um, you know, you're out, you're outdoor right there in Epcot and you've got, you know, I think we were between like France and Germany. So you've got the music going and then the fans walking by and you've got the big spaceship earth behind you. And it's just, first of all, it's just really nice to be in the park, you know, um, and then having the artwork there and, uh, being there with Acme archives and they have a gallery set up and, signing artwork and doing sketches and meeting uh meeting cast members and meeting guests it's just such a such a good time and then what i would find was that some of those people who maybe had never heard of the star wars celebration they'd meet you at a disney park and then when the next star wars celebration came around they would go to that too so it's really interesting now that, that star wars is part of the disney family how disney's been able to expand the fandom and bring new people into the fandom and get them to come to events like star Wars celebration. I know, I think um, one of my celebration prints is almost like a happy accident because of Epcot. (laughs) My second year at Epcot, I saw that these families would come to the booth and they'd look at the artwork and let's face it, you know, it it can cost money to go to Disney and not every family can walk away with a, you know, a hundred dollar or more piece of artwork. And so the second year I was there, I made up these little like uh, little cards, but they look like travel tags. And I made them for different planets. And each day that I was there, I would give them to the kids. And that way they could at least walk away with something free um, for stopping by and looking at the artwork and talking and everything. And so it had like one was for Hoth and one was for tattooing and, and like that sort of one's Bespin. And then when the next celebration rolled around, I had done some concepts and Lucasfilm wrote me and they said, you know, these are both really good and you're, you're free to move forward with either one of these. They're like, but what else you got? And as someone who has been around, you know, that's, that's always that, that kind of like gets under your skin. You're like, Oh, they want to see something new and something fresh and something different. So I said, well, give me, give me, give me 24 hours. I have this like crazy thing. And so I took a couple of these tags that I had made and I started thinking about like, Oh, how can I turn this into something more? And as I'm working with it, I get the idea. It's like, oh, I know. I'll tell the original trilogy through these travel tags. And so oh, we'll cool. start at Tatooine and we'll work our way through. And I end on the Death Star. And I'm just, I'm not quite feeling it. My wife's like, yeah, that's pretty cool or whatever. And then I have this idea to like, well, what if the Death Star travel tag was like ripped in half and had like cancels? <laughs> and I showed her that. And she's like, that's it. That's it. So I, I finished it all up. I send it to Lucasfilm the next day. They're like, yes, 100% this. This is what you're, this is your Star Wars celebration print. No questions. <laughs> you have to do this. But then the fear sets in because I'm like, 
well, there's no characters on this. There's no ships on this. It's just, who's going to, who's going to want this other than me. So I'm just panicked. But again, it came out and people went crazy for it. And I made so many new fans who just were attracted to it because it was something totally different. So sometimes the happy accidents um, can lead to like new and good experiences, which is, which is just part of being in star Wars. Nice. Well, as we shift into the Phantom stuff, speaking of Disney expansion, have you guys been able to work with the Halcyon and the uh, new cruise promos for the new hotel at Disney World at all? Uh, not yet. I haven't been asked to do anything for the Galactic Cruiser yet. Um, you never know in terms of what might come across our desk or maybe what we might decide to pitch to Disney or Lucasfilm or some of their licensees. So. Um, I know a lot of a lot of stuff for Galaxy's Edge and the Star Cruiser is done in, internally at Disney. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll often get opportunities to do like I guess maybe promotional work or some kind of tie-in stuff, um, maybe through through another licensor or something. But um, yeah, so that remains to be seen. I mean, I'm sure something. At some point, Galaxy's Edge related or Galactic Cruiser related will <laughs> will come across my uh, inbox. Um, I know Brian. Can, can I just tease something then, Joe? Yeah, I'm like I don't want to say too much because I don't either. I'll just say that, that you know it's possible that you know maybe I've worked on something adjacent. And that sometime in the future, people will see it. That's all I right, can say. Right, there we go. Adjacent's <laughs> a very good word. <laughs> but that's yeah, they use that a lot when it comes to canon. It's canon adjacent. What's that even mean? I don't know. It's all we can tell you. <laughs> that said, I think there's a, a good good question there. Is like, you know, are, are people excited for the Star Cruiser? And we haven't, you know, just this week, we started to have little, like, press snippets and things of, uh, you know, reporters and people who got to go and have some experiences. So it'll be interesting to see how that all develops and like what the fan response is going to be. And is it a success or not? So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. One of our uh, podcasters on the network, Teresa Delgado from bookworms was invited for her other show. Fan oh, yeah. and rogue. And uh, I've just been just gobbling up. I'm like, she'd probably be one of my next interviews. Just so we could talk about it because I'm just, <laughs> I, I won't be able to go anytime soon. And I got a lot of friends like, Oh, the price taken. I'm like, yeah, but think about it. If it was cheap enough that I could afford to go, you would book a ticket today to go in 2055. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I'm like, there's a trade-off there. I mean, the lines look big already. Everybody's like, oh, it's press. It's they all got to go for free. I'm like, this place is going to be booked. Like, let's not kid ourselves. But it looks so cool. All this new immersive things that Disney is doing and stuff and allowing people to kind of jump into the world and do that kind of LARPing is just awesome, man. I'm looking forward to doing it. It's just that price tag is keeping me away at the moment. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you get your money's worth to the degree that it, if everything I've read online with the reviews and, and like Teresa's photos and, and everything I've seen and read, it's more of an actual, like you said, like a LARP, like it's more of an interactive, yeah. fully, fully interactive game. It's less of a vacation and more of a fully interactive experience. So I, mm-hmm. everything I've read is like, you don't really, it's not really, you're not really going to relax necessarily, but you're going to <laughs> basically experience star wars full-on 24 7 non-stop so it's yeah. like you there you don't you don't get to hang out by the pool and twi'leks don't bring you drinks or ask to clean your helmets it's, it's like <laughs> it's like you know you were just like 
in the story, you're in the movie. And it's, and so it's sort of like from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, it's, it's nonstop. So I would, I would say if you're a big star Wars fan, I think you're going to love it. But if you're expecting like something kind of chill or relaxed, I mean, it might not be necessarily for that kind of vacation, but. Uh, well, it reminds I, me of going to summer camp. Yeah, as, as a scout leader, that's that's yeah. exactly it. It's like you go to relax, but you're just too busy. Like the most yeah. you get to relax is when you're at the scheduled leader meeting and you're sitting down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I saw one of the reports where they they actually mentioned the fact something we don't think about is that you know if you're in the parks, you're always waiting in line for something, and when you're on this experience, there's really not lines. You know, it's, everything's sort of like planned out so that you are just you know, in this narrative experience. And, and you, if you look at it that way, you might actually be like more enjoyment per hour than you do in the park. Oh yeah. True, yeah. True. You definitely get more, the more you put into the galactic star cruiser and the more you get out of it. So if you embrace it and you embrace the narrative and the storytelling, the more you, 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 you embrace that full on, the more mm-hmm. you're just going to like be sucked into it and you're doing adventures and exploring and, I, I, what I loved hearing about was how interactive everything was like, you know, yeah. every, every button, every panel, every room, you know, there's, there's, you can uncover secrets and explore and, and you can unlock more parts of the story for whatever path you, you, you know, you end up choosing. And I'm just like, Holy cow, this sounds insane, but I, I love it. Like I want, I definitely want to check it out someday. When some of the characters too, like the Rodian that they had, the the amount of details yeah. that the mouse snout was doing when she was yeah, talking fully and stuff, animatronic, yeah. I, and I immediately I thought about your style, like you know some of these characters on the ship would be great in some of your illustrations, man. Yeah, I I I, I would love to do something related to the Galactic Cruiser or even Galaxy's Edge, especially. So I I've had some ideas in the past, and and it's just, it's a matter of pursuing some of those talks with some of my Disney contacts again. So you never know. I mean, I might, Mm -hmm. I might end up hopefully at some point doing something related to, to that new uh, experience. Yes. And I think the more successful these things are, then the more demand there is from the fans to have a wider variety of collectibles. And that includes the art. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all about demand. So, you know, there's a reason that, you know, Joe and I keep saying like, oh, we Darth Vader and Boba Fett. Well, that's what people <laughs> are purchasing and that's that's what they want to make more of. I mean, th- so they happen to be our favorite characters. I mean, it's it's interesting because they're both Brian and I's favorite characters for ever since I was a kid. I love those characters and getting to illustrate those characters. However, they're also two of the most popular ones in Star Wars. So, right. you know, obviously Boba Fett's got his own series on Disney Plus now. So that that opens up a lot of doors for for guys like us wanting to do official artwork. Um, Heck yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think because Brian and I work in licensing and publishing, um, when those opportunities come up, when these things become popular, it, it, it just works out even better for, for yeah. us. As I mean, I'd love to work to do something with, with the bad batch. I mean, I, I love that yeah, the series oh, yeah. and it's so cool. And, you know, just waiting for the right opportunity to come along because I would that I would love to play in that sandbox. Yeah. Hey, Lucasfilm, if you guys want to tag these guys to do the packaging for the lifestyle versions of these guys, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. It's funny too, because like Boba Fett, like when the figure comes out for Black Series, I was like, oh, it's another Boba Fett. And like, 
The other people are like, I never got the first one. I need this one. I got to have it. Yeah. And my wife, like, <laughs> I have her do all my online ordering because usually she's like the, the keeper of the card, so to speak. So she's like, another Boba Fett. I'm like, this one is different. <laughs> like, like, you're explain, like, he's got a different this belt. This is the Python wearing... Boba Fett. Right, right, exactly. I'm like, there's reasons why this one is, I've got to have this one. And I probably didn't need that last one as much as I need this one coming. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, it's 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 a lot. I mean, I, I'm also a collector to a small degree when it comes to Star Wars stuff, and just because that keeps the the little kid in me alive as well. Not even <laughs> not not just doing Heck the yeah. artwork, but actually getting to collect this stuff. But I I mean, I try to keep up with some of this stuff, and it's a full time job trying to hunt down these figures and hunt down these collectibles. And Hasbro just puts out so much stuff all the time. And it's like you blink and you miss it. And you're like, wait, mm-hmm. that there, that was an exclusive figure. I, I'll never get that now because I missed it at Target <laughs> or Walmart or whatever. But. Oh, Target and Walmart hey. are the worst, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you know what? it's going to Target. I'll never see it. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Joe, talking about exclusives and trying to hunt things down, I would be remiss if I didn't say that even though we can't show or talk about our Star Wars Celebration artwork yet, we should tell fans the number one way to make sure you get it is to pre-order yeah. it as soon as it becomes available. And I think this year, because we've had a couple of years with no no in-person celebration, this year it's going to be really key for people to get online and do those pre-orders because I think some of this stuff oh, is going to sell, sell out on the first day. You can't just assume you're going to walk into celebration and walk over to Joe or Mai's booth and pick something up. It could be gone. So I, I, I would just implore fans, whatever it is you love, whether it's our art or something else, if you have the option to pre-order, do it because that's going to help out the artist and help out the vendors know what they need to bring and what they need to have on hand. It's going to help you out because you're not going to have to wait in line to, to, to give your money and buy it. You can just show up and pick it up. So it's, it's a win-win. Nice. Yeah, so Brian and I did, did our exclusive artwork, uh, which will be revealed probably – uh, May 1st uh, through Acme and Lucasfilm. So our exclusive artwork for Celebration, our exclusive limited edition lithographs, uh, which we'll be signing at the event and, and offering for sale, um, they'll only be available at Celebration. And like oh. Brian says, just definitely when those pre-orders go live and the artwork's revealed uh, May 1st, I think the pre-orders go for a few weeks from May 1st to May 14th. Um, we highly, highly recommend fans to jump online and pre-order whatever, whatever artwork, artwork or collectibles that that they see that they want at celebration. You know, pre-order them just to make sure you don't miss out because once you get to the event, um, yeah, that's it. It, it, it. That's it. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff is going to sell out early, and uh, our artwork is only available at Acme. So. Brian's booth will be in the art show um, where Acme is located. However, my booth will be outside the art show. I, I, I'll have a larger booth, but my my exclusive print won't be available at my booth. You can only get it at the Acme booth. So, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully Brian will be there to point people in the right direction. <laughs> That's right, really. over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least with these up uh, pre-orders, you don't have to worry about Target and Walmart where they cancel after you've already made it. Though, I mean, you right, know, once right. you made that order, it's coming. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, and that, yeah. that actually transitioned us to one of the, the later questions, which is perfect. You know, what are your future Star Wars plans? Anything lurking on the horizon that you can share with our listeners? So we've got that. Anything else out there that you guys can talk about? Um, I mean, I am working on some new Star Wars posters uh, that uh, will come out um, 
a little later this year. Um, yeah, I, I can't really say what they're for without spoiling it and or, or until it's officially announced but so in a I mean, one through see, ten on excitement where does this land you well, in personal <laughs> excitement oh for me for per- <laughs> i mean i'll just say yeah i don't want to jinx it either because it's still in approval stages right now but as as a star wars fan it's 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 animated series related and it's one of my favorite animated series and hopefully if the poster it's gone through some some changes already, so as long as this latest change, this revision is is approved, I'm I'm hoping it'll it'll uh, come out in time for uh, Comic Con at San Diego. So oh, nice. um, so I'll, I'll have some new Star Wars posters out then, and then of course we'll have uh, Brian and I will have new Star Wars art at Celebration, um, and then uh beyond star wars i have some other projects that i'm working on that will come out hopefully uh uh one's a stranger things poster i'm doing for netflix and then there's uh some other things so uh, star wars is always kind of in flux i mean there's always opportunities and so i'm sure there'll be some other things coming up later this year where i'm not even aware of yet but um yeah we'll see yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll echo Joe. I've I've got a couple of things that are in the approval process, and whether they'll release them at San Diego or at Celebration or whatever, it's just it's too early to say. But I'm sure they'll be trickling out sometime this year because I think there's just a lot of pent up demand after not having live events for so long. So right. uh, hopefully we can get in and just get back to creating some kick ass art for everybody. Nice. Well, Joe touched on something else that, you know, I wanted to touch on before we get out of here. Keeping it fandom, which of the animated and live action shows have resonated with you guys the most? Like, uh, you know, for me, it's been the Ahsoka Tano arc for Clone Wars and then Kanan, uh, Jarrus and Rebels. And of course, you can't go wrong with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett stuff. But uh, what what's been like your guys is most excited? Like, oh, I can't wait to draw this. As far as like animated series, uh, I mean, obviously clone wars is you know all the way from season one even the movie which was you know back in 2008 but the entire clone wars catalog i mean i'm a huge clone wars fan that leading into star wars rebels i love star wars rebels and i loved how it carried ahsoka's story from clone wars into rebels um and now we're seeing that play out in uh, mandalorian and book of boba fett and she'll be getting her own show so i'm really really excited about the ahsoka series coming out um which they're filming right now so ahsoka is one of my top five favorite star wars characters too she's up oh yeah vader um bad batch of course i love that story i love those characters um so um yeah i mean getting getting to i mean i will yeah like i said my poster that i've got i just finished recently that hopefully comes out for comic-con is is animated series related and it's definitely ties into one of those series I mentioned, but, um, but yeah, I would love to get to do, uh, gosh, what am I excited about? Uh, Kenobi's coming out, getting to do something for Kenobi would be awesome, but wouldn't that be uh, amazing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pitch one of my, my publishers, uh, on doing some Kenobi related artwork. So we'll see. Uh, I think once, once the series comes out in May, uh, I think we'll, that'll open up doors. I, well, I know it will for opportunities for for artists. So um, it's just a matter of 
once that first episode airs and then I can get on the phone with my publisher and be like, okay, I got some, I know, I know what I want to do now. And I got my ideas. So. so is, is that like more of like, but until the episode comes out, it's speculation and you don't want to pitch an it, idea that may not happen. And you're like, well, now I know which way it, the series is going and I have more solid ground to stand on. It's, it, it's interesting because it's a little different now than what it used to be because now with Lucasfilm and the contents coming out, so we're getting so much more content now with star Wars, but yeah, agreed. because of that, because of that, we're getting Lucasfilm is being more secretive with mm-hmm. what of what and when they they release things. Um, so especially for the Disney Plus series and, and the films, Lucasfilm is just in recent years, they've been much tighter on what they put out uh, to licensors in terms of, you know, um what they what they want to see for promotion or artwork or tie-in artwork that kind of stuff so usually the last few years it's like instead of getting stuff before these shows come out which still which still happens they just very they're just very tight on that stuff agreed usually it's now nowadays it's like they're and and it's sort of a mandate that comes from guys like Favreau and, and Filoni who are like, they just don't want stuff to leak. They don't want stuff mm-hmm. to get out early. So they're Lucasfilm is very, very protective. And that's why we didn't see uh, um, like we didn't see toys for Grogu almost, you know, six right. months to a year after after he'd come out because they didn't release any of that. They they wanted they did not want anything Grogu related, any images to 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 leak or anything like that. So. Um, so that's kind of been the mandate for all of these shows and movies now. So it's, we're not really getting material or reference or, or even approach for concepts until after these first few episodes air. And then Lucasfilm comes to the licensors, they come to the artists and go, okay, what do you think about this? And it's like, oh, okay. Then we're, we, the, the, the information starts to trickle in a little bit more at that point. But um, it's interesting that that happens yeah. that way for you guys too, because we as podcasters have noticed that with our advanced review copies, a lot of times we're getting them like a day before they release or even a week after. It's like, how can yeah. I have a review ready? If... <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but just, I'm thinking that know, was the same kind of thing. It's interesting that you guys or- are also dealing with that. Oh, yeah. I think it's to keep the magic alive and to keep the magic special with these star wars releases is and and it makes sense you know because now with the information age we live in all of these you know and there's so many spy reports and so many uh, rumors all the time and things are leaking all the time so it's more a matter of security and, and keeping the surprises off the internet for fans so that when they when, you know, I mean, if you think back to when we all saw Grogu for the very first time in Mando season one right. in that first episode, everyone lost their minds. So that's the, that's what keeps the fandom. That's what keeps the excitement going for these franchises. So um, I think there's also like a fear of uh, stepping on reveals and a, f- a fear of. Uh, yeah. Guessing wrong. You know, I, I can remember back when the first season of Mandalorian was out, they had given us some advanced images to come up with concepts. And I think, you know, quite a few people were doing things with like, you know, Mando 
shooting and destroying IG and that's, that's some of this kind of stuff. But yeah, of course, but that doesn't. <laughs> that's yeah, right. right. So play with the Favreau and, and Filoni, well, they know, they, or hopefully they know, that they're going to do some sort of redemption arc at, towards the end with, with IG, but we don't know that when it's episode one or two. And so a lot of the artists are, are generating all this content. And, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm is like, no, no. But they won't tell you why you can't do it. They just right. know that's not going to work. And so you almost have to just sit back and let some of the episodes play out so you, you can understand that sandbox that you're playing in and how it's going to work because the assumptions you make early on can just be completely off target. Right. Yeah, it's all about not stepping on the storytelling or the story group's toes because, you know, this stuff is coming out so quickly and on a, well, even on a filtered basis now with these series. So, yeah, we don't, unless you're involved in the actual production of the show, you, you don't know necessarily what the whole story is or what the whole script and these things are constantly, you know, fluctuating even in, you know, all the way up until release. So mm-hmm. it's oftentimes we're not really given the full picture or even really a small picture until the the product or the project has been released. And then, then we're given more free reign in a way to create even more, storytelling type images or things but yeah they're very they're very protective of secrets and of the storytelling and uh as they should be when it, right yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean it, it yeah i mean we're not entitled uh, we're just <laughs> lucky we are very lucky and fortunate to be involved to be able to participate in a peripheral way with our artwork whether it's licensing or whether it's you know comics or posters or trading cards or lithographs whatever it is I mean, we're just, you know, even if we get a tiny piece of the puzzle, we're like, that's awesome. Okay, great. We can run with this. You know, we can make right. something out of it. But Exactly. So speaking of the full picture of Star Wars and your guys' fandom, uh, do you guys read the comics and the books at all of the new stuff? Or are you guys uh, current on any of that or aware of any of those projects? Um, I don't know about Brian, but I'm, if I, I read some of the comics. I do get. I try to keep up with some stuff when it comes to like some of my favorite characters or storylines that, that might pique my interest. But um, like, I really enjoyed the the Kylo Ren miniseries that Marvel put out a little while back that kind of tied in, filled in the gaps between um, the, the sequel trilogy, the origin of, you know, Ben Solo and how he became Kylo Ren. Um, and then the Darth Vader miniseries, I've done a few of those uh, over the years and those have been good. Uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters, I got bits and pieces of, and that's really fun. But uh, High Republic, I, I, everything I see looks really cool. I haven't dived into that, but I'm hoping to I'm, – I'm talking with one of my publishers now about maybe doing some High Republic art. So that might happen later this year. So that'll be fun for me as a fan to kind of explore that corner of the galaxy because I haven't – really engaged it yet just I've, I've just seen the you know the the comics and and the, the book covers and stuff right. um but yeah i mean I, I i can't there's a lot of star wars content i do play the video games you know and i collect the toys <laughs> but i i used to read some of the books yeah uh, the newer books not as much recently but as far as some of the older you know that now they're called star wars legends i mean yeah i've read a lot yeah. of those books and stuff but but yeah, uh, I'd, say, I'd say the same. 
the same as Joe. I mean, I, with my with with my sk- crazy schedule, I'm always behind on all that. I mean, it, I'll see I'll pick up an issue or something, get really into it, and then like forget about it for six months and go back to it. Or like Joseph, pick up a book that was released three years ago and be like, how did I miss this? It's so awesome. So I just not <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, as a podcaster, I can't even keep up with all the content. So I can't imagine you guys. All I got to say, though, is in the era of the High Republic, Joe, if you could ever do an illustration of Geode. (laughs) Is that the the rock creature? Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen that as a joke going around like a Geode action figure is just like a boulder or something. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And I like the concept art. I don't even know if it's actually legitimate concept art or if it's just fan art, but yeah, there's a character that's like, everybody's like, we need a good picture of Geode. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, maybe we'll get him in a, the uh, high Republic TV series. I think that they're rumored to be making. So, uh, or or somebody could always slip him into another era in the background. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. I'll have to remember go. that. I'll, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing for high Republic. I just know my editors like, Hey, are you interested in doing some high Republic stuff? And I'm like, possibly like, yeah, I'm not that familiar with it, but I kind of, you know, I'm digging what I'm seeing from it. So I'll, I'll see yeah, if it makes an appearance. It's an interesting story. You know, like I, when it first came out, I was likening it to the new Jedi order. Cause it felt like it was going to be something more impactful. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's definitely one of those, like the concepts are really cool. But it's spread out across the kids' books, the young adult books, the adult books, the comics. And if you're not really kind of going in order chronologically, there are some things that kind of drop off. It's like with the Legends books when you're reading about Luke and you're like, wait, Luke fell to the dark side? And if you never got the uh, Dark Empire comic, you'd have no idea because it only happened in that one comic. But it's referenced in other books and stuff. So it's got a lot of potential for sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, diving into that. Uh, era of star wars especially once they start doing more with it you know uh outside of the comics and books even exactly now lastly before we go uh Ian, let you guys go back to your adventures uh, where can fans find you and your artwork online uh you can find me at joecrony.com it's just my name.com um and all my social media is there uh, so if you want to follow my artwork at my website or any of my social media links, you can you can track me down there. Uh, I'm always updating Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter with whatever I'm working on or, or whatever li- my latest projects might be. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the, the, the best way. And then if you want to buy any of my uh, Star Wars art, you can check out my online store, which is linked to my official website. Nice. Brian? I'm uh, I'm Octopolis online, and people say, "What's that?" So it's Octopus and Metropolis mixed together. Uh, it sounds a little crazy, but with a generic name like Brian Miller, it's what I've always gone by. It's Octopolis. It's O K T O P O L I S. That's my website, my social media. I'm everywhere on, under that name. Uh, so yeah, check out the artwork, see what you like, and hopefully plan to see Joe and I at Celebration this year. Excellent. Yeah, I'm. Uh, not going to be able to make it myself, but I got lots of friends going, so hopefully they'll be able to check your guys' stuff out. Thanks again, guys, for coming on and chatting Star Wars and uh, you know giving our listeners an insight into what you guys have been up to and the things coming on the horizon, the things we can and cannot talk about. I'll be excited about that. Uh, lastly, awesome. any social media stuff you guys would like to plug before uh, we go? 
Um, not specifically. I mean, I, I, I did launch a, a Patreon last year. Uh, so I, if any fans who dig my artwork and are wanting to, uh, feel free to support me on Patreon, that would be awesome. Um, I did start up a, a Twitch and a YouTube channel last year as well, which desperately need to be updated for this year. So I'm planning on jumping back on, on YouTube here soon and hopefully Twitch and, uh, as I'm working on uh, the problem is a lot of the stuff that Brian and I do, I can't really share it until after it's released. So it's kind of tricky to, to, to live stream most of the stuff that I work on. And, and that's what sometimes I'll go stretches of not updating my YouTube because it's like, I'm working on posters. I can't share with anyone until they're out. But um, usually I work on commissions and fan art and stuff like that on, on my, on my live streams. But um Brian's got a, uh, an awesome uh, YouTube channel where he does a lot of his uh, uh, sketches and commissions for fans. Yeah, definitely a lot of sketch commissions there. And that's also under Octopolis on YouTube. Um, if you just want to just chill out and watch me draw Star Wars characters and other stuff, it's it's there. And I, there's over 100 videos and counting. Jeez, wow. You've been killing it. Good job. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Well, that about wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you guys once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. Thanks again, Joe and Brian, for coming on and chatting with me. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This was awesome. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. And remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes are also available on Stitcher as well as Spotify and even on iTunes. And as always, we encourage you to leave us a review while you're at it. If you find links to our shows on both our Twitter and Facebook pages, if you go to SW Beyond Films or just type in Stars Beyond the Films in the search bar. Hey, but no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page. It's one of the best ways to interact with us. It's our own home one, if you will. You can comment to us about past shows. We love interacting with you fellow fans. So if you have any Star Wars or Legends questions or if you want to comment about a past episode, you can always fire off by emailing us directly at SW beyond films 